Hello everyone and welcome to Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you could take with you. I'm your host Chase Kenneke. Today's show is on Super Mario 3D Land and my guest is Johnny Amazich. Hi Johnny. Hi Chase. Thanks for having me. This is your first time on uh, Gamers on the Go, correct? Yeah. Uh, so I guess about two years ago now, uh, we started talking about doing an episode about uh, Minish Cap and yeah. that just kind of never happened um yeah then, you didn't you didn't play any of it and I also didn't. i didn't play any of it <laughs> which makes a for a hard episode i i had busted out my cartridge it's i know exactly where it is and i still have not played it maybe we'll do that uh in time for link's awakening who knows possibly yeah uh-huh Maybe. Anyway, but yeah, uh, so we've we've been thinking about doing an episode together for a while. For for listeners of this show, uh, Johnny and I are, are friends in St. Louis here. Um, and we've also been on another show for quite a while called The Casual Hour uh, that we did with our friend. Mm, friend's a strong word, but Associate. our acquaintance. Yes, there you go. Uh, Bobby Pease. Bobby Pease has been on the show, I think, a couple times for... Um, or Monument Valley and Pokemon Black and White. Pokemon Black and White. I listened to that episode this week to prepare and, myself. And Oxenfree. That's the last one. Yeah. That's right. So he's been on the show a few different times, but this is my first time with Johnny, and I'm very excited about it because I'm uh, happy Johnny to be Johnny just kind of this is what happens with a lot of these shows is I have a friend who will offhandedly say, Oh, by the way, I'm playing this. And I'll go, why the fuck didn't you tell me when you started? Because that would have made a great episode of Gamers on the Go. Um, but in this case, you said, oh, hey, I, I picked up uh, Super Mario 3D Land, and I'm actually really enjoying it. And I thought to myself, that game is super short and easy. I can blow through that game, and then we can do it for Gamers on the Go. Uh, so that's what I did. And here we are. Here and we I'm are. very excited about it. Um, so what before we get into the actual game itself, what made you want to just purchase 3D Land out of the blue and start playing it? Uh, every once in a while, I will get onto the Nintendo Rewards site, mm-hmm. and they have 30% off coupons for various titles on the 3DS and Wii U. And I was scrolling, and I saw Mario 3D Land, and I thought, you know, I've never played this game. And... I like Mario. I have a 3DS. Um, I loved 3D World on the Wii U, and I knew that this, these they were linked somewhat and that they combined the 2D and 3D elements, and I thought they did a really, really great job with that on the Wii U. And it turns out they did a pretty damn good job on the 3DS as well. Um, so it was just all kind of happenstance. And then I texted you and, and, and Bobby, I think, in our thread saying, hey, I picked this up for 12 bucks, and it's a lot of fun. And then here we are today. Nice. Well, I'm I'm kind of the opposite. I've played 3D Land, but I haven't played 3D World. Uh, I got to a point uh, when this came out for Wii U. I think I was a little done with my Wii U at this point, or at least I I didn't want to keep pushing money into it, into games for it, knowing that system wasn't going all that great and Switch stuff is out on the rise and all the rumors for that. So I I never end up playing it. I hope I can get to play it someday. Uh, preferably on the switch if they port it uh, but they got to port it at some they point. they got to but also i've been saying that for two years now and, and they haven't yet but they might and they probably will 
we'll, we'll talk about that later in the show. Anyway, first let's talk about Super Mario 3D Land. Uh, like you said, this is on the Nintendo 3DS. Uh, it was developed by your friends and mine at Nintendo, and Nintendo EAD, that is the Entertainment Analysis and Development Division. Uh, published by Nintendo, obviously, and uh, it came out November 13th, 2011 in the States. Um, was this the launch title for the 3DS? No, 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 no. Uh, 3D... It was the same year, though, right? God, I do not remember when the 3DS came out. I don't think so. I think February 2011, so... Like, okay, wow. Okay, so so uh, well several into months. the year, but within <laughs> the first year, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, no, I was. It was definitely not a launch game because they wouldn't have done the ambassador program if you could have gotten this game day one. Uh, I think they. I think they knew they didn't have a whole lot to. They were coming out with because I had, like, my first games for the 3DS were Street Fighter IV 3D Edition, which I like, but isn't the best version of Super or a uh, version of Street Fighter IV. I don't think Super had even come out yet. Uh, and then uh, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Shadow Wars, which... Oh, man. That game rules. Like, don't... That game is a tactics game. That game is Advance Wars slash Fire Emblem slash XCOM. Okay, all right. Like, that that game is actually really good, and I would love to do a podcast on that sometime if I can find another soul in the world who has played it and actually cares about that game. But that game's good. Anyway, um, but no, Super Mario 3D Land came out uh, a decent chunk later, like you said. Um, so, let's talk about Nintendo EAD for a second. Because uh, yeah, they nice. they are like the granddaddy of video games. This is, this is the team that's been led by Shigeru Miyamoto as well as others. Uh, they've made all your favorites. This is, this is the people who brought you... Super Mario Brothers, if you've heard of that little game. Uh, Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past. Uh, Star Fox 64, Pikmin, Animal Crossing, Wii Sports. Like, these these are amazing games. Mario Kart, for sure. Uh, and obviously the best game they've ever made, Steel Diver. Uh, now that, that was a 3DS launch game. <laughs> um, Steel Diver's not. Uh, that's the submarine game. Uh oh, it's not. It's not great. Not great. It's not awesome. Well, you know I, what? I, if the if you made Link to the Past, I think you get at you least should. one bad game. Uh, absolutely. Um, so they they've been making great games for the longest of times. Uh, in 2015, uh, there was that famous Nintendo restructuring where the Nintendo software planning development, so that's SPD, and then EAD, uh, kind of combined forces. And now they've become Nintendo EPD, which is the Entertainment Planning and Development. Very, very creative naming they've got here. Um, and in my opinion, that was 2015. I think they've gotten a little bit worse since uh, since then. I mean, some people might point to games like Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild and go, nah, I think they're fine. <laughs> um, but I would point out, like, they've also made Mitomo. Uh, they've made all the Nintendo mobile games, or at least put effort into into them, while other people develop them too. Uh, Star Fox Zero, not not the best Star Fox, not the worst Star Fox, but not the best Star Fox either. They can't uh, all be winners, Chase. They've made like that Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival Mario Party kind of game. I, I'm just saying, I kind of wish they'd restructured back <laughs> into EAD. Um, I mean, Link Between Worlds, man. 
This is I a very prolific it. studio. Oh, absolutely. They've, they've made a ton of great stuff, and Nintendo is Nintendo. They will keep making great games, uh, even if they have to make a little bit more free-to-play and other fodder stuff these days. Anyway, whatever. We'll, we'll, talk, uh, we'll stick to Super Mario 3D Land. Uh, one of the interesting things about Super Mario 3D Land, well, interesting to me, I guess, uh, in a couple different ways. One is that it's a sequel to the first game I ever talked about on Gamers on the Go with Magic Air. We uh, talked about Super Mario Land, the original one on Game Boy. Uh, and also I think a good Mario could, game. It's a really good Mario game. It's a really different Mario game, but it's a really good Mario game. They, they do some cool things. And then also Six Golden Coins, uh, Super Mario Land 2, that came out later. Uh, this is not really a sequel it does have land in it but i think that speaks more to this nintendo philosophy of handheld or mobile games get called land whereas world is the distinction that goes for home consoles like you you do see it with uh like super mario land on the game boy and and um and then super mario world going on the super nintendo uh you've seen it with donkey kong going with country on on the consoles and then uh, donkey kong land one and two and did they make a three i think they also they made did. a three on game they Boy. did yeah um and then and then with this we have this very clear distinction of super mario 3d land on 3ds and then super mario 3d world for the wii u uh I, i've always found that interesting that they that they have kind of paid homage to that system uh going forward I don't think a lot of people know or care about it, but it's always just been an interesting thing I think to it's me. an interesting little uh, bit of trivia there. Well, thank you, Johnny. I appreciate that. Um, so before we were talking on the show, you mentioned how you thought this was a timeless Mario game. We'll, we'll kind of get into the mechanics of what, what makes it timeless here in a bit, but I thought that was really interesting, and I wanted to hear you explain that a little bit more you were kind of talking about there's a difference between good Mario games and timeless Mario games. Can yeah. you talk to me a little bit more about what you mean by that? Um, I mean, games that I think no matter when you go back to them, they still play and feel as good as they did when they came out. Like I think Super Mario Brothers, I'd say 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. Like you can still pick those up, play those today. They still feel really good. Uh, Super Mario World. I haven't played Super Mario sixty four in a long time, um, so I don't know with it being the very first three D Mario game, you know, how well it would fit. But just going off of how well Ocarina of Time still plays, I feel pretty comfortable saying Mario sixty four would be a timeless. But something like um, the new Super Mario Brothers games on the Wii. Remember those? I do. Yeah. Like, I I don't know. I don't know. There's something about those. I thought they were perfectly fine. But when I think of my very favorite Mario games, I don't usually think of those. Um, and I don't know. Like it was just something that occurred to me the other day. Um, you know that um, here it is, eight years later, and this game feels like it could have come out yesterday. Um, you know it's still mario you're still running and jumping and bouncing off platforms but um i don't know there's just something about it that i feel like i could come back to this at any time in the future and still have a good time interesting see i i guess i'd kind of counter that with i think there are good mario games and there are 
mediocre Mario games or average Mario games in a sense. Like uh, we've we've been very careful not to mention Sunshine up until now, but I don't think Sunshine's a very good Mario game. Um, I, I liked it at the time, but going back and playing it again, yeah, it's not great. Yeah, um, I, I mean. I, I think if you went back to the original Super Mario Brothers right now, it would feel a lot different than how you thought it felt. Um, I, I think a lot of people got that feeling when they played Super Mario Maker, and they, they thought, oh, this is exactly how Mario felt. And then they go back to the original NES, and they go, oh, uh-oh, no, no, no this isn't how it felt. Where it's all this momentum. Why, why do my jumps feel weird? And it's because I think we've kind of just changed over time subtly but changed over time to something that feels a little snappier has a little less momentum it still has to have some momentum because it's mario but uh he sticks he has a little bit more traction than he definitely did in that in that first game so yeah slippery feet yeah i kind of get what you're going with on on some things that felt timeless like i agree this game in particular feels like it could have come out yesterday they could have said hey by the way we've got a brand new super mario brothers game uh, you should you should try it out. It's called Super Mario 3D Land. It's on the 3DS, uh, which would be a little weird today, a game coming out for the 3DS, although they're still putting them out. I, uh, Mario & Luigi Bowser's Inside Story came out yeah. earlier in the year uh, for 3DS, so they're still putting them out for some reason. But yes, uh, like that game could come out today, and it would feel like, wow, this is this is really good. This, is, this feels new and interesting. Um, so I, I kind of... I kind of agree with you on one hand, but I also think I could go back to a lot of different Mario games. And like I think it, graphics aside, I think you could go back to a game like Mario Galaxy and and go like, yeah, this is this is also just feels like it's brand new. Because I, I think Mario itself has a timeless quality in general. Absolutely. And I have been trying desperately to get Mario Galaxy emulated on my computer without <laughs> using a, a real Wii remote, and then it's it's a giant pain in the ass. But, yeah. I, I've i gone back, uh, like, having those games on Wii and being able to play them on the Wii U uh, has, has been really nice. Like, I went back and played Galaxy 1? Yeah, I, I never had finished Galaxy 1, so I went back and finished Galaxy 1, like, a year or two ago, and awesome. Just felt super good. And then I started to... And 2 has a lot of interesting ideas. Like, the whole idea behind Galaxy 2 is we had all these we had all these mechanics on the cutting room floor, and, and we just kind of wanted to keep working with them. And that game is just a mishmash of mechanics and interesting ideas, and it's just really neat. So, to get this back on track, the, the team who made Galaxy, like, this exact team, this was their very first handheld game i think like not just handheld mario game but first handheld game and the first thing they did this comes from an awada asks that i think is packed full of really interesting information if you like uh if you care about mario or this game specifically uh they they did this really great awada asks where they were talking about the first thing the team did was they started tried to play super mario galaxy on the smallest screen tv they could find and they realized uh, we just can't like port this over. Like the, we can't just bring these ideas over to the handheld system and yeah, it wouldn't translate very well. Exactly. Yeah. So we need to rethink the way Mario is played. We need to rethink the way um, the way we work things like camera. 
the way we work things like how big the character is on the screen, uh, how many enemies, like those, everything that kind of needed to be rebuilt from the ground up to make a, a Mario game, a specific, specifically a 3D Mario game on a handheld system, feel really good. Uh, I think before this, the only thing, the only 3D Mario game was there was the port of 64 on the DS. Uh, and I never played that, but that's, I know they they switched it up uh, quite a bit by having multiple different characters you could play as. Yeah, you could um, play as Yoshi. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Man, but yeah, I, I, this is, you're right. Huh. 2D, like, this has been a system for 2D Mario games, uh, from Land and Land 2 uh, to uh, the ports on the GBA of all the, the Super Mario Advance games. And, and then the new Super Mario Brothers game, the very first one for the DS. Um, so yeah, this, this is an interesting new way to play Mario. And, and one of the things that, that the team talked about is that they wanted this to kind of be a gateway drug to Mario, uh, specifically for people who liked 2D Mario games. Because that is, on the handheld, that's what these people have been more or less used to. Uh, so... This this game brought back a lot of mechanics from 2D Mario games and just so happened to be in 3D. Uh, so instead of gathering stars like you do in a game like Super Mario 64, they brought back the idea of goal poles that you would see from Super Mario Brothers and and those all those 2D games. Um, but it's set in a 3D world, but it's also on this this kind of linear path. They're they're much more linear. Um, you always kind of know where you're supposed to go. It's not an exploration game like like those big uh, 3D Mario's that you're used to. And that's something that on my first playthrough back in 2011, I I don't think I really understood. I think it just it's like wow, this is just a really good playing Mario game, and I went through it and enjoyed my time with it, and then put it down after I finished it. But now this second playthrough and and hearing or reading this stuff on the Iwata asks, it. I really do see, wow, this this is just a 2D Mario game, but it just so happens to be right. in three dimensions. Like, that's that's really cool how yeah, they, yeah. they made that work. Yeah, I, like, yeah, the only real exploring you do is trying to find well-hidden coins, uh, the three collectible coins in each, each map. Some of them are pretty, you know, well-hidden, but it's not like you have to get this sprawling map to go across. Um, yeah, it's almost like a Kirby game in that way, where where Kirby is a very linear shot through almost all the levels, but there are little secrets, and and also it feels like a, a Yoshi game nowadays, with the Yoshi's crafted world, the uh, uh, Yoshi's Island kind of idea, Yoshi's New Island. Whenever they've made those, not all of them have been great, but the idea is it's really easy to get through the the basic part of the game. But here are some hidden collectibles around yeah. if you really want to find the If you're challenge. really paying attention. Well, and then you are forced into collecting those coins uh, once you once you reach the, let's call it the end game of, of 3D Land. Yeah, I mean, not even the end game. It's, there are, there are uh, castles where you right. need to have, you have to pay coins. a number of them before, before you even get there. Yeah, they don't go full Super Princess Peach. Uh, where they where you need to collect every single toad from every single level to actually get to the final boss, that fucking sucked. I remember that. Um, 
but they they do have the the star medals like you mentioned you need to have a certain amount of them to be able to access different things there are um unlockable worlds that are optional and then there are also uh actual gates where hey you need to you need to have this many star medals before you can get into this bowser's castle on world whatever the hell um and and while that's never my favorite mechanic uh, going through this this last time, I never had a problem having enough star medals, and I think that was just because I was genu- genuinely enjoying exploring what little exploration there was to these games because it, it was yeah. all more about being clever than it was about really exploring every single inch of the level. And I thought that yeah. was really cool. The the only time it really became an issue was like at the end of Secret World Six for me. And I had to go back and collect three more coins. Sure. So it happened naturally enough throughout the course of just normal play um, that, you know, I wasn't that far off the mark whenever the the time came for me to to pay up to uh, unlock that airship level. So you did mention Secret Worlds, and that's a big deal about this game and something I want to come back to. But before we talk about that, because this is a game that balances... 2D Mario games and 3D Mario games and tries to get that 2D Mario crowd into the idea of 3D Mario. Uh, I just kind of want to ask, like, what are your thoughts on Mario games in general? Do you have a preference when it comes to 2D Marios or 3D Marios? And does that come down to mechanics like exploration uh-huh. for stars versus just getting to the goal pole? Or I think... What, what are your thoughts? I mean, so I never... The first Nintendo console I ever owned was a Nintendo 64. Um, and all my time playing Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3, Super Mario World, were all at cousins, other people's houses that I wasn't at very often. Um, so my first major exposure uh, would have been, you know, 64, which was 3D. And so I think for a while I kind of preferred the 3d games um but as i got older uh at one point i bought an nes from goodwill and i picked up a copy of super mario brothers 3 and played it obsessively (laughs) um like every day i would try and do a run of super mario brothers 3 and just for no other reason than that game is tremendous um so i don't i think you know if it's a well-made game like a well-done Mario game, I don't really have a preference. I will gladly play a 2D or a 3D Mario game. Um, like, I'm waiting for uh, new Super Mario Brothers, U, HD, whatever the hell it's called. Uh, to, deluxe. Deluxe. Please. Uh, to maybe dip in price a little bit uh, before I pick it up, because I did play it on the Wii U, um, but that's one I'd like to play with my son Jude at some point. Sure. And that is a 2D Mario game, and it's very good. It, it really you? is. Uh, Jeremy Parrish would say it's the best Mario game, which is weird to say. But boy. That is weird to say. <laughs> um, I, I've tended to, to lean more towards 2D Mario. The, the very first game I ever played was Duck Hunt, but the very second game I ever played was Super Mario Brothers uh, on the NES. So uh, I've, I've had affinity for playing 2D Mario games. Uh, I think I, I enjoy the precision of 2d mario to 3d mario um and and i'm kind of the opposite of you i i while i did own a nintendo 64 
for whatever reason, I did not own Super Mario 64. So my uh, my expertise or my uh, experience with that game came from going to friends' places and just playing the very beginning of that game time and time again. And and the same was true with Ocarina of Time. I was a really bad Nintendo 64 owner because I didn't own either of the important games for it. Yeah, what the hell, man? Or did you know. just play Perfect Dark and Goldeneye? I played a lot of Perfect Dark and Goldeneye. I played okay. a lot of Super, I played a lot of Mario Kart 64. I played a lot of Pokemon Stadium. Uh, I I had a I had a great time with my Nintendo 64. But I, yes, I know, I never I'm played not the It's just uh, yeah. It, to learn that someone owned an N64 and owned neither Mario 64 or Ocarina of Time is a little, it's a little it's, unsettling. No, totally. It's strange. And I've rectified that now. Like, I own both of those games. In fact, I own two copies of Ocarina of Time for zero reason. One one is gold and one is the, the gray cartridge. But uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. Do you why have the Master Quest disc on GameCube? I don't. I Okay. Uh, I am not the Neither biggest Zelda I. guy. That has been that has been well established on this show and others. Um, I, I try most of them, but I just don't get very far. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, I played a lot of that King Babam fight uh, at the beginning of Super Mario sixty four. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've played that at least a dozen times. Did you just surf I, on the Koopa shell? Probably not. I I just that's in the first level. Okay, maybe yeah. I don't remember. I, it's, oh. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, so right. I've, I've never really been a 3D guy. I, I didn't play Sunshine until much later, and, and I guess I just had an inkling that it was bad. Um, uh, I've, I would say Odyssey on the Switch is, is honestly the first 3D Mario game outside of this one that we're talking about that, that has really made my ears perk up and go, oh, 3D Mario is actually really fucking good. Uh, but for the most part, I, I've been pretty diehard on the 2D side. Like Super Mario World, Super Mario 3, um, Yoshi's Island to an extent, even though that's not technically really a Mario game, or it is, or whatever. Um, those have been the games that I have really enjoyed. So so this one, I, maybe I enjoyed it more because of those 2D mechanics that they put in there, even if I wasn't conscious of them at the time. Because it felt a little bit more nostalgic to me in just the way the game was played. Uh, so that's, th- I guess this game is kind of perfect for me in that it's got some modernization. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I've played Galaxy 2. I've played the Galaxy games, like I said, and, and I like like those quite a bit as well. But they they feel very different in that they take Mario to basically a new dimension and, and it just feels... Uh, like a whole different kind of thing. I wouldn't be mad at all if they made a Mario Galaxy three. That'd be pretty at cool. All. I, um, you know, I think they would rather do something completely different rather than go back to the well. Especially since they've already made a direct sequel to that kind of a game. Right. I know. But, I, I, hey, I would at least like ports of them to the Switch because why not at this point? Port everything to Switch. That's what. That's the prevailing wisdom. Um. But yeah, so so we've talked about how this game is uh, similar to 2D Mario and similar to 3D Mario. One of the things that, that you brought up that we uh, need to come back to is the secret world. So one of the controversial right. things with this game is that it's easy. Uh, it's a very leisurely experience. Do, yeah, like stupid easy, I think. But here's and the thing. I, I, I still that. had a great time. Exactly. 
I, I, absolutely, it's not a game that challenges you uh, as you play it through the normal quest, let's call it. Uh, through through that, it's I still had a good time because I just think that it has a lot of interesting mechanics. Uh, a lot of things that we know and love about Mario is that they're yeah. kind of these one-and-done ideas. And you're levels. still time and jumps, you know. Totally. You're lining up these moving platforms to come up and so you can land and like there's still lots of really good stuff there and every Um, level was a little discovery whether it was here's a new enemy that you've never seen before here's a new kind of platform that does something that you've never seen or or experienced before uh here's uh, a new power-up that you've uh never uh used before and now you get to play with it in a couple of different interesting ways the i i really enjoy the level design of this game despite it not being something that's hard like it's a it's a yeah. game where honestly you're supposed to have a shit ton of lives by the end of the game yeah. by the end of the normal quest and that's where well, that secret quest comes in yeah i mean it, it almost it ties back into what you were saying about uh the awada asks you know if you're trying to acclimate someone who is primarily used to 2D Mario, you don't want to just throw them to the wolves immediately and, and crank up the difficulty because they're gonna they're not gonna have a good time. Um, so I think getting you used to moving around in a 3D environment and levels that are you know very linear and, and modeled as traditional 2D levels are, I think like that feels very intentional to me. Um, you know, and I I don't think that it was a mistake to design the first half of the game that way. Yeah, you know? but but as as you say there is that there is that other side of the coin for the diehard Mario fans and they've been doing that with uh, lots of Nintendo games uh, especially in this era of hey it's it's got a really easy campaign but there's a second half or there's lots to do after the game that that really does provide that challenge. I think of something like um, like Kirby's Epic Yarn that is just a cakewalk, but there's a lot more to it if you go back and, and really try to do everything. And this game is similar, and then it goes, okay, uh, we've now pretty much remixed every level that you've experienced now, and we're kicking it back at you with new mechanics new enemies or harder enemies or more prevalent enemies and we're just going to make this hell for you now like you know yeah. now you've done the tutorial yes the you tutorial have your took shit you unlock or you're going to-, to die a lot totally <laughs> it's like this game has a, a five-hour tutorial and then it goes all right you're you're ready so, so uh, for instance me uh, this last time i finished the game with uh, the normal game with 113 lives Went, yeah, all right, I was cool. Like that's around there as well. Totally, because it's so it's it's just so easy. It's so easy to get lives. It's so easy not to die in that game. I think there were really only a handful of levels that I died in at all. And then, really, I think it was just maybe a couple of Bowser's castles that took good chunks mm-hmm. out of my life life totals. But for the most part, that was that game was super easy. And then you get to the secret thing, and it goes, okay, good thing you have 113 lives, because you're going to need every fucking one of them. Uh, and, it, and it really just does punch you in the mouth with lots of new ideas and mechanics. 
I remember when I first played this game in college, I got to the Secret World stuff and went, yeah, this is probably fine, but I, I'm kind of done with this game because I feel like I played it all and I don't really just want to play remix levels. Um, but it sounds like you've gotten pretty far in it. Yeah, I did. Uh, you said yeah. Secret World 6. Did you actually finish the Secret World stuff? Uh, so just before we started recording the podcast, I finished the uh, airship in Secret World 6. So I just unlocked Secret World 7. Oh, very cool. And I think I got how, to the end of the first level. How are you finding the remixed worlds? Uh, some of them are a real bitch. Like, just... <laughs> yeah? Man. Um, the most difficult ones in this... I. This, I feel like this rings true for most Mario games. It's the fucking ghost houses. Yeah. They drive me crazy. There's one in particular where uh, you're on a platform that's moving around. Mm-hmm. And you have to go in circles. And, and ugh, they try and tempt you to get blocks that are moving by quickly. And you have to time it just right. And then uh, there have been a couple of levels where... You're like, oh, thank God, a question block. There's got to be a mushroom in there, and it's a poison mushroom. And then there, the levels where you have the little shadow Mario chasing you around. Right. Um, and there was, So there's one, I don't know if you've gotten to it, where it's just a platform that's going up the whole time, basically. And you have... That's the elevator in that kind of desert world? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, well, uh, yeah, I, I want to bring that up again when we talk about notable or favorite levels. Okay. But, but please, go yeah. on. No, go, uh, on, go on for this stuff. It just all the, like, you had bullet bills and whatever coming at you, and then a poison mushroom chasing me around. And I'm also trying to get these coins, and one of them is like, literally off the ledge, so you had to time it. Like, where you jump and then wall kick back onto the platform. Um, but it was also really good. It was really satisfying to get to the end of that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it it definitely... You lose some lives in those special <laughs> worlds, for sure. Um, are you in, are you enjoying that extra challenge? Do you would do you kind of... Do you wish... I feel like a lot of people feel this way. Do you wish that uh, the game started there? Like, or do you are you happy that you got the eight oh. worlds of regular Super Mario 3D Land and then moved into this harder challenge? You know, I'm perfectly content with the package that they put together. Um, because it could get a little frustrating. And having that first part to really get used to moving Mario around in this environment and, and getting familiarized with the power-ups that you'll be using later on in the game... You know, um, no, I don't see anything wrong with it. I could understand why maybe some people would have been frustrated, you know, when the game first came out. Um, but I went into this with no expectations because, you know, I, it's been so long ago that I couldn't tell you what the review said at the time. And this, I just wanted to play a Mario game on my 3DS. Yeah, uh, I mean, reviews were mixed, honestly. it was It was a lot of people saying... This game controls great. It looks great. Uh, it really takes advantage of the 3D slider on the on the 3DS better mm-hmm. than most games before it had. Um, it, I think a lot of people said this was the best use of it, and it probably is still the the best use of it today. I, I think it has uh, 
this is like i know on the second playthrough i played it mostly in 3d mode which is Same something here. i never I'd never do that oh, they do so much cool good stuff with verticality mm-hmm. um and just perspective that yeah i don't think aside from a link between worlds which they also made mm-hmm. uh that also had really impressive 3d uh yeah. effects as well I really like how in, in 3D land they allow you to have do 3D in either way. Like you can have the 3D so the level pops out at you, or you can mm-hmm. have it so it's sunken inside the screen if you uh, if you want to play it either way. I, I found it better if it was popped out at me, but I think that was just my perception or my eyes or, or whatever it was. But I think it's cool that they had that as an option either way. Um, but yeah, you had you had a lot of people on one side going, this game plays great, it looks great, uh, the 3D's awesome on it, it's a fantastic game, and then you had a lot of other people saying, it's it's just so easy, and yeah. it sucks that you have to get through a large portion of that game before you can get to the quote-unquote good part. And, and I understand that, and I, I guess you could have this game start with a difficulty level, but... It's not like this isn't Gears of War. It's not no. picking casual versus normal versus hardcore or whatever. It's this isn't this Nightfall. Is, yeah, <laughs> this is the way Nintendo is. It is. It is. Hey, you should like we're here to teach you and have a great time. And and then yes, if you want to challenge yourself later, here's a way to do that. Uh, and I know that's frustrating to some people, but I I was like like we talked about. I just appreciated the level design as I was going through it and going, wow, that's a little a clever little mechanic that I'm able to play around with. Oh, it's it's really neat that when I jump, these platforms swap from red to blue. And, mm-hmm. uh, like, that's that's really neat. And things that you see in, in lots of Mario games or even uh, th- mechanics that are well-established in Mario games and seeing how they are implemented here, like uh, the donut bridges. And, like, when those become a thing in this game... You go, oh, yeah, hey, I, I know how a donut bridge works, and they find ways of, of playing with those mechanics in, in different ways that, that I found pretty interesting. Uh, so, I, I again, I didn't really mind that it was easy. Uh, now, let's talk. Uh, you mentioned the, the Secret World level uh, mm-hmm. in, in, was that in 6, you said? Oh, God. Uh, uh, it doesn't matter. It, I don't actually, remember. Actually, I know which one it was uh, because I have it listed here. Uh, it was five one, okay. Um, and and I played regular five one. I didn't get that far in the secret worlds this time because I wanted to be ready to record. Um, but yeah, uh, for my notable levels, I had four that uh, that really stuck out to me as as really cool levels or had a really interesting set piece in it. One of them is that five one that you mentioned. It's that uh, desert area. It's got this elevator that reminds me of. Uh, 2D beat 'em up games like a Streets of Rage or a, uh, like anything totally. where it's like, hey, I'm in this very confined space, and now there's a bunch of shit happening. And in the regular version, it's these big spike balls that that bounce around and they bounce off each other, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of angles to worry about. And one of the things you mentioned, yes, there's a star metal that is just hovering right off the edge, and while you can jump off the the elevator part and do a wall jump and and get it and come back on the stage uh i think the way they intended 
boomerang was, costume was the boomerang. So if you have the boomerang, yep. you can throw it and actually just grab it without having to, to be up the ledge at all. Uh, and, and that was, it's really cool the way you could play with mechanics in that way. I didn't even know you could do that with the boomerang suit until that, until that level. And I tried it once because I think you get the, the boomerang suit right before you start the elevator in the normal version. And, you, and so it's you get one as well play. in the secret world. So you get attacked by one, and then when mm-hmm. you kill it, you get it its power up. But also you have a lot more shit to deal with yeah. on, on that. And, oh, that poison mushroom thing sounds like a real pain in the ass. Uh, knowing that it's not something that can just be gotten rid of easily. I felt like Nintendo was trolling me every time I popped a question block and one of those fucking poison mushroom games came out. That's good stuff. Um, Um, Some other ones I had, uh, we talked about Donut Bridges. uh, uh, World 3.3 is the first use of Donut Bridges, and I really liked this level because it just felt... It was like one of the first levels that really felt fast-paced to me, or or like that it had any sort sense of urgency to it. Because mm-hmm. most of the other worlds, you get five hundred seconds to to beat any of these levels, and that's often a hell of a lot of time. You'll you're supposed to be finishing it with two hundred, three hundred seconds left on the clock. Uh, there are even little t- uh, stopwatches around the world around the levels where you can pick those up and and go even faster or or get even more time. But this is the first one where you could take your time if you wanted to and 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 really play it out nicely. But uh, because of those donut bridges falling when you when you walk on them, part of me is just like, all right, let's let's go. Let's hold down the run button and let's just keep on jumping and, and having a good time. And I really enjoyed that uh, because you hadn't gotten that really in the first two worlds. It was it was mostly just uh, hey I I can take my time or you're rewarded more for for slower play, and this one, uh, while not being a, uh, a scroller uh, and not an auto scrolling level, it did make me feel like I I need to get going, and I, yeah. I liked that a lot. Uh, what what name a level that you liked that that you found interesting? Oh man, I I don't remember the number, but um, it was the one it's way up in the sky. And the little block with the helicopter, yeah, mm-hmm. on top of it. I just, just something about those when with a three D on and you jump and Mario goes, you know, right up into your face. It feels like and just falling down. It's not a particularly difficult level. Um, no. I just I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, any any level like that where like there's a desert level like that as well where you get the block with the little whirly bird on top of it. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to get into some places that you're, you know, maybe not necessarily supposed to be able to get to by wall kicking and spinning and just figuring out ways to to break the mechanics in, in different ways. Totally, um, I, it's really interesting because this is this is a game that has a little tail on the logo itself, mm-hmm. and it's it's paying homage to Super Mario Brothers three in a way because it brings back the Tanuki suit and. The Tanuki suit actually functions a little differently than it did in Super Mario Brothers 3. You can't fly with it. You can only glide, glide down. A little bit. Uh-huh. So to to kind of take that mechanic away from that power-up, but then to give you the propeller head, uh, the propeller block, that kind of gives that ability of flight back to you in a way, in a, in a different style, in a different fashion. And it makes it... Uh, 
uh, its own kind of thing. And then you can even combine the propeller hat with the tanuki tail and and have you're basically invincible basically invincible if you want to be really (laughs) invincible you can also be that in this game with a couple of different items Um, yeah if you fail enough times right right they uh yeah but that yeah yeah, that propeller head stuff i I found to be really interesting uh i i really do like the levels when they go full top down uh and they're part of those levels that you mentioned with the propeller head that that does that uh five two is actually a completely top-down level, which I also found interesting. You're going into, like, this... It's it's not really a castle, but you go into this fort kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it, it feels like a Zelda game at that point, because you are just going through this kind of dungeony area that's completely top-down, but you're still Mario, and you're still making jumps, and it's the only level that really does that completely throughout, and it even has... I think you need the the fire uh, flower to be able to really unlock all of its secrets because there are a couple of like the, uh, the braziers and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and I didn't have the suit at that time, which also felt very Kirby like to me of not having the right ability to get into the secret part of the the level. Uh, but I I really liked that level just from a this is completely different from any other level in the game because it's completely top down except for i think the goal pole which when you get out there it goes back to kind of an isometric view but other than that the whole way through it's it's hey you you've seen these enemies before you know that this enemy jumps or you know how this enemy works so you you have an idea in your head i know how this moves even though you're seeing it from a new perspective now and you might not be sure at a glance what's going on and, and I found that to be a pretty cool idea. And, and it works really well with the 3D turned on, too, because you have a better idea because you feel like you can see how yeah. it actually functions. That, that's pretty neat. Any other levels that, that, you, uh, that stuck out to you? Um, you, you know, um, it's more ones that had specific mechanics that I, mm-hmm. I tend to enjoy. Um, anyone... Where um, you're on you're on rails, I like yep. those quite a bit. Um, and also, I just like the music blocks. Like, I think that those are really neat. You just run, jump up, get the star, just run through really quickly. Oh, the uh, rainbow music blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I you know I just I kind of like everything about this game. If I'm being honest, I feel like I'm <laughs> um, the. Yeah, those those are basically it for me. All right. Well, I had I had one more that I wanted to call out, and that is six four, and this is the one that has blue, yellow, and red platforms that pop in and out to the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, it's on a set rhythm. It's not like the 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 beat is is changing or anything. But um, but the but it's such an interesting mechanic because the game hasn't done anything like that before. Uh, it felt a little bit like New Super Mario Brothers with the the wah wah crap that a lot of people hate from the music, where where when it hits that one part of the song, all the Koopa Troopas do like a little dance, all the flowers do a little thing. Uh, oh, but wow, instead on this one, that. yeah, yeah, is some things about New Super Mario Brothers aren't that great. Um, but in this level specifically, there are these uh, these three beats that come out at very specific times. And when those beats come out, 
the level the these platforms that are different colors will pop in in the same order it's always blue yellow red and then they'll pop off again uh pretty quickly after that to a second beat of the song uh and that i'm pretty sure that's the only level that they appear other than the secret stage i imagine that also brings those back uh, but it was it's not a particularly new mechanic that that you've seen in games like you've seen Mega Man games do that you've seen older Super Mario Brothers games do that but in I I just liked the way it tied in with the music so precisely and it, it's <laughs> well it's not a game that you could play with your eyes closed or not a level you could play with your eyes closed there was definitely some anticipation stuff that was going on yeah, there that keeping along that with I, the beat totally that I really enjoyed um I think that's kind of it from a from a level gameplay perspective any anything else you kind of want to mention before we move into kind of what this game's legacy is going forward um what's your favorite power-up from this game man that's tough um i i still like i still like the tail i like the tanuki suit stuff i got Um, really excited when i got the tanuki suit for the first time the gray feather mm -hmm. turning into the statue yeah, they, they put just, that in right at the beginning of Secret World One. You haven't mm-hmm. you haven't had that power this whole time, and then it gives you this new function to the Sanuki suit, and that's that's super cool that that's there. And I'm sure it's actually really necessary in a lot of the the Secret World stuff. Uh, but I I mean I just I I think if you had to pin me down, I would say Super Mario Brothers Three is my favorite Super Mario Brothers game or favorite Mario game of all time. Uh, not counting Yoshi's Island, if you count that. Um, <laughs> I really depending on the day, that. I would probably be right there with you, man. So like, I've I I've always been that game. I've always been Raccoon Tail or Tanuki Suit over Cape. Like that's that's just always been my mo. So yeah, you're not a savage. <laughs> There's some really cool shit you can do with that cape. Uh, There's some cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> I I have nothing against the cape. I just really, really like the Tanuki suit. I think that stuff is, is pretty cool. So it was great see, seeing that make a comeback and, uh, and, and to play with that again in a new dimension this time. How about you? Tanuki. Yeah. For sure. I mean, and that's uh, not to say other suits are bad. Like the, the boomerang suit I think is pretty cool. Boomerang suit's fun. Fire, fire suit, always fun. Still very good. Just yeah, something absolutely. about the Tanuki suit, man pretty great i i would have loved to see a frog suit make a comeback in oh, in this man. game because there are a decent amount of water levels in yeah. in here um, I, the frog suit's not the best suit for sure but it does look the best it looks pretty awesome <sighs> it looks so good um and yeah uh, or even a hammer brothers suit i mean there are hammer brothers in this game uh, the boomerang does come from like a hammer brother boomerang dude but i i, I want to throw some hammers you get to do it in Odyssey, and you get to do it in three, and and those those feel very good. But um, I would have liked to see that here. Um, but yeah, I I think it's it's just a super solid, competent Mario game. It's 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 such a, a showpiece. I mean, you you even mentioned or asked whether this was a, a launch game or not, and I think that's because it feels like. This feels a launch like, game. hey guys, this is the thing that is going to show everyone what our new system is capable of. Exactly. Um, and it still does, honestly. Like it, I, I think back, and I, I know that we mentioned this briefly, but 
I don't really play games in 3D on my 3DS. Mm-hmm. Like, ever. Yep. Um, and this one, I felt compelled to do so. Because I'll usually I'll flip the Switch on, like, oh, that's neat, and then turn it back off. But with this, it was on basically the entire time. Yeah. Which I haven't done since A Link Between Worlds. I think I'm probably right there with you. I, one of the, the, the things that I find really interesting is that this game probably isn't in my top 10 3DS games. It's I, like there are so many other experiences that are more tailored sure. to the kinds of games that I love, your Fire Emblems, your Pokemons, your uh, Mario Karts in a way. Uh, Link Between Worlds is a fantastic game. This one probably doesn't hang in the top 10, but I think it is maybe the most solid representation of the system. It's if if I was buying a 3DS for somebody, I think the first game I would purchase for them would be 3D Land because it's just this is this is what your system can do and this is yeah. a fantastic foundation for you as you go into what this system is capable of. Really Yeah, cool. and it it's easy to pick up and play. Um yeah, all around, absolutely with you on that one. Good stuff. Um, so this was not the last game, last Mario game to come out for sure. We've we've talked about a few of the other ones on this show. Uh, the next one, I think it was the actual next one, was Super Mario 3D World on the Wii U, mm-hmm. which brought this same kind of concept. It's a it's a 3D Mario game that is still very linear and has goal poles at the end. But they uh, added in the ability to uh, play with four different people, and they added some new mechanics like cat suit and uh, and uh, I mean, you you played the game, you know better than I. Tell me, tell me more about Super Mario 3D World. Oh gosh, <laughs> it's been like seven years. Uh, it's it's Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Toad, mm-hmm. right? Is it Toad? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's I feel like it Toad's is there. the it is the Super Mario Brothers 2 cast. Mm-hmm. Um, each one has their own quirks, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Um, and that's another one that may, I should go back and replay, because I remember really enjoying it at the time. But well, maybe, maybe we'll have to play it together. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an idea. Yeah, man. I, I wish I had more to offer you here. It's just well, it's been we, so we many years since it. I played it. What what does the cat suit actually do? I, I don't know if I know what the cat suit actually does. So Mario, um, if I'm remembering correctly, or whoever has the cat suit on, you can run and jump and climb up a wall a little bit. Okay. Um, and I think is it it's, any wall or is it specific walls? I, I feel like it's most surfaces that you okay. can attach attach to, mm-hmm. um, and you can use it you know to get to difficult to reach places. Um, and eventually you will start to slide down the wall. Gotcha. You almost have, like, stamina. Do you get any attacks with it? Is it, is it like, a scratch attack thing? Or do they use their tail like a Tanuki suit kind of tail? I don't remember. Okay. I know <laughs> that's th- fine. I know, that, I know that they meow when they have it on. Oh, well, then yeah. that's all you need to know, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can definitely see the 3D land DNA yeah, go totally. into that game. Like, that. that is... 100% a sequel to 3D Land, and mm-hmm. it allows you to play with up to three other people and, and yeah, experience this kind of level together. The levels, um, from what I remember, were a bit more open. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're still very linear, um, but I guess just being on your television 
as opposed to a handheld screen. Sure. Um, they felt like wider, and there were more places to, to walk and around I'm, on the map. And I'm sure they were built that way, too. And, and knowing that they needed to be uh, capable of running four players at a time, you have to give yeah. those players a little bit more space to, to move around. Uh, what's the what's the split screen thing on there? Does does the screen just kind of naturally expand as players get further away? Does it does it uh, bubble you in the same way that, like a new Super Mario Brothers game does? Do you remember? Uh, I I don't think it bubbles. Honestly, man, I don't remember. And I think I played that game all by myself. Well, I'm glad I called a very expert witness here to talk. About I you know <laughs> I didn't know I was gonna be quizzed on Super Mario 3D World. That's tonight. true. That's not what this show's about. It's about 3D Land. So I'll I'll give you that one. Um, and then we've, we've also gotten Super Mario Odyssey, and uh, that game is not is not anything really like 3D Land. I, I can't no. think of anything really it's taken from. Like that Odyssey is is totally uh, not even a throwback. It is an evolution of 3D Mario. Open games. Mario, it's, yeah. It's Mario oh, 64. Man. It's maybe I love a that little game. bit of sunshine. It's fantastic. It's it's really good. I I am even a person who doesn't love 3D Mario games, and I have to admit that one is just divine in in the way it functions. It is. I okay. Here's here's some DNA potentially. I would say the main campaign of Super Mario Odyssey pretty easy, but once you beat it, there is a lot more to do and even some secret areas like yeah, well not seven thousand moons to collect. Worlds. there's yeah like there's a the billion dark side moons. of the moon there's plenty of different areas there's a whole new kind of campaign where you're supposed to be finding peach uh after uh, mm-hmm. like she's gone on expedition vacation stuff yeah and you have to go find her um so in that sense i, I don't know if 3d land was the first mario game to really have that kind of functionality maybe it was now that i think about it i can't think of a mario game that's really had like Mm. a new game plus kind of idea like that yeah uh i can't either off the top of my head yeah like maybe maybe new super mario brothers had something like that i don't remember anyway um so there there is maybe some shared dna there but odyssey is really kind of its own thing or or a function of the other kind of of Mario game, but uh, if you if you played 3D Land, like that that does get you in the mood to play 3D Mario games, like they like they built it for. It's a kind of gateway to 3D Mario games. So I think if you played 3D Land, you should have really no trouble jumping right into Odyssey right after that. Uh, even though I think Odyssey is a pretty easy game to to wrap your head around, or at they tutorialize it pretty well if you want to just jump right into that one but you should play 3d land because it's really good i yes i agree and then on the 3ds there's no reason not to own this game and then we've had mario makers which are definitely their own thing and that they are taking elements from uh 2d mario games of of the past and uh and putting that stuff in there but uh at the time of this recording we had the nintendo uh direct Week ago, weeks, uh, week two or ago. week or two ago, yeah, and uh, and we got some information about Super Mario Maker Two, and they have cat suits in there, so there's definitely it's, my it's pulse gonna be kind spiked. Of, like it's as gonna soon be as weird, I... isn't it? Like, isn't that gonna be weird? Because that's stuff from a 3D Mario game that they're shoving into a 2D only Mario Maker game. I don't think so. I mean, there was still some. 
Like they had bullet bills coming from the background in certain parts of that. Yeah. Um I'm not mad about it at all. Oh, I'm not mad. Yeah. I, I just I just think it might be a little That cat weird. suit's cool. Uh, here here's what I'm mad about. I want Super Mario three D World on my Switch. You're giving me Super Mario 3D World elements into a game that's on Switch, but you won't just give me Super Mario 3D World. <laughs> that, what, that's, Chase, that's um, what upsets me. But I can't know, be too upset because we're getting stuff. We're getting good stuff yeah. from Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's enough about Super Mario 3D Land and, and Mario in general. Uh, Johnny, before we, we do some plugs and get out of here... Um, sure. What have you been playing anything else uh, lately? Specifically handheld stuff, but anything's really I, available to you. Chase, as you know, um, I've been going in a bit of a journey recently, mm. um, delving deep into the world of Game Boy um, and modded Game Boys, and just I don't. I wish I could tell you what got into me about this but recently i have become obsessed with going back and playing old game boy games that i ever played that makes Um, me so happy and uh the one that i've been putting the most amount of time into is golden sun um which is one so i i never owned a gba i went og Mm -hmm. game boy color straight to the ds for whatever reason and so which is dumb because the DS could totally play GBA games, but right. Um, at any rate, I never owned that system. I borrowed it from my cousin a couple times, and I played so I could play Metroid Fusion. Um, but I completely missed Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, Leaf Green, Fire Red, um, Minish Cap. Like there, there are all these games that I missed, um, and there's kind of a lull right now with for me anyway of new games coming out. Mm-hmm. And I decided to treat myself to a modded, uh, it's original form factor GBA, but it has the backlit display from the SP inside of it. And uh, it, it plays really well. And Golden Sun is a really good game. And, totally. Uh, I, it's one of my favorite RPGs ever. Uh, I mean, I, I think uh, it might be a little tough looking at it. <laughs> Uh, I think it's it's not necessarily the prettiest game. Like they're trying, huh? it, f- it feels a little bit like Donkey Kong Country to me. In that, man, it's it's going for something really detailed and artistic and beautiful, and it's just it's kind of just a little bit muddy all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I I think that the visual effects during battle. Don't look all that bad. Oh, you know? the effects for sure. Um, I, I love all the effects stuff when you're doing cool spells or summons or things like that. But I just find a lot of the actual, uh, I guess they're sprites, uh, to just be kind of hard to look at. And I, yeah. I love I love this game so much, but I, I keep wanting a I'm a enjoying remake. it quite a bit as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I would, yeah. I'd definitely we, that. Um, we did get a port on the Wii U, uh, mm-hmm. and... I gotta say, kind of, kind of hard to play that on a Wii U because it's just blowing up those. It's just blowing up, sp- right? Hey, it's just making further. those ugly sprites even uglier. Um, yeah, I, I've been playing that, and uh, huh. you 
are a monster, and you got me interested in Pokemon ROM hacks. Yeah, I've, and so I'm it's about been a, two hours into Pokemon Vega Minus. It's been a, it's been a dark road, man. Yeah, um, but that's it. I mean, other than that, uh, I've been playing a lot of Smash Brothers online, uh, doing one v one stuff. For some reason, I don't know why. Who, who are you maining these days? Uh, you know, I kind of bounce around. Because um, there's so many characters that I haven't played with yet. And I, mm-hmm. I like playing against other people versus the computer. Um, and earlier today, I was playing as Richter and just cleaning the house, man. I beat like five people in a row. The Castlevania characters are fun. I, I think yeah. they've got some, some cool moves to them, for sure. Well, uh, I mean, I've been, like, like you said, I've been on that same dark path of Pokemon ROM hacks. I actually, uh, sadly, did not play the minus version of Vega. I played regular Vega, which is holy shit hard. Um, yeah, because Vega minus is no cakewalk. No, like, yeah. They, and they so I'm just down. imagining the difficulty <laughs> of what you, what you endured it was uh, a for lot. regular Vega. Yeah, I put I put 108 hours into Vega. Um, actually, I think more uh, for whatever my t- final tally was, and I definitely didn't finish all the post game stuff. Uh, barely scratched the surface, honestly. But uh, yeah, like that's it's a it's, so this uh, it's actually part of a trilogy of ROM hacks that a Japanese hacker made. Uh, and only this third one, Vega, got a an English translation, and it's just it's just really good. It's it's full of of what they call fakemon, uh, and they look they awesome. Are, they uh, outside of one or two, they look very good. They look very Pokemon like. Uh, there is one trolley one where they've made. Um, uh, he's he's actually kind of one of the stars of the game, which sucks because he's just a troll. But uh, they made Machu, which is um, like, do you know how on the there's there's that thing online where you can fuse two Pokemon together and they'll just like make this terrible sprite where they try to to mash them up. Uh, no, but go okay. on. It's it's been a thing. Uh, anyway, this is absolutely just a mashed up version of Pikachu and Machoke. So it's a Machoke body with a Pikachu head. Yeah, I've seen it's, a picture of that. That's it's awful. really disturbing. It's awful. Um, but it's electric fighting. They actually go to the effort of trying to trying to do some interesting things with it. I just think it looks stupid because it's made to look stupid. Uh, but for the most part, all of them are are pretty genuine looking. Like they they feel like they fit in with the idea of Pokemon. They have punny kind of names to them. Uh, the the starters I think are really good. They all grow into mm-hmm. uh, dual types. Uh, grass goes into grass flying. Uh, the fire goes into fire rock or fire steel. I'm not sure which. And then uh, the water goes into water poison. They they have some cool things with them. Uh, and it's a whole new world. It's a whole new area that you explore. It's got a bunch of uh, new moves in there as well. A lot of a lot of really strong moves that have. Um, kind of that backfire in some way whether they lower your stats or they hurt you or uh server score type situation yeah totally um but they're they're very cool and and some of them are just like new moves that don't have any of that stuff but they're just different or they uh have taken things from the pokemon card game 
that because there were a lot of made up moves for those cards and those have kind of been given animations and things to to put them in here it's it's a neat thing and yeah while while the original vega is uh stupid hard it's a lot of grinding because i think the idea was when when this was made there are a lot of people playing these pokemon rom hacks on double or triple or quadruple the speed and and being able to fly through these games so what do the developers the authors of these hacks do they inflate the numbers to make to force you to still grind a little bit so if you're playing the game normally like i was because i'm a sucker uh you end up grinding for hours and hours and hours to try to try to get some of this stuff done um but overall i had a really great time with it and and they just jam pack it with so much interesting stuff I think the most interesting thing about that game is the way they've taken uh, Pokemon that I would have normally thought were pointless, were, were, not my, were not my cup of tea, and they've done things by giving them new moves and new evolutions that have made them really interesting. Like, one of the ones that I could have cared less about was uh, Girafferig. I thought Girafferig was kind of stupid, uh, but now they've given it a, an evolution into Foliferig, and he oh. fucking rules. He looks awesome, and he's really, really strong. And they've done that for for quite a few of them. Absol has an evolution. Um, Dunsparce has has an evolution. Like there, there are some weird ones. Skarmory still doesn't, which is still bullshit. Skarmory needs an awesome evolution, and somebody needs to make it. But uh, but yeah, Pokemon Vega is really cool. Uh, Vega minus the one you're playing does adjust things a little bit to make it easier. Uh, it, it tones down the gym leader levels a little bit, which is super helpful. And it also uh, I, it tries to make the move pools for a lot of those tougher fights um, more authentic. And, or not so much more fair, but at least more authentic. Because I know when I fought the Elite Four, uh, one of them had a Magnazone and it knew Hydro Pump for whatever reason. Like, that's that's bullshit (laughs) exactly like that that's just bullshit um but yeah i I had a great time playing that game i think i'm pretty much done with it at this point i i certainly am not going to be able to get through all of the legendary hunts and there's uh, basically that game in the post game wants you to get everything to level 100 and then has stupid hard battles after that where you have to really strategize the way you fight because you can't you can't grind to any higher levels at this point. So you you really need to make sure that you've made a good team that can cover a lot of stuff. And I just found that to be really fascinating. It, it was a cool game. And I've been playing a lot more Pokemon ROM hacks too. I played Pokemon Ash Gray, and I've purchased some other ones that I'm uh, on, in cartridge form so I can play them on my GBA and, uh, and having a good time with that. But... Um, one other thing I've been playing, and I just actually picked up today, was um, was uh, Fire Emblem: The Binding Blade. This is the one that stars Roy from the popular series Super Smash Brothers. You what might. system is that on? GBA? It's a GBA game. Mm-hmm. Now it okay. was. This was a game that was uh, Japan only. This is the prequel to the. Well, <laughs> it's tough. Uh, this is Fire Emblem Six. Fire Emblem 7 is the first one to come to the States. Um, And that one was just called Fire Emblem. Or uh, in Japan, it was called Fire Emblem the Blazing Sword. Uh, This game takes place 
chrono story-wise it takes place after fe7 even though it came before fe7 chronologically in gotcha. terms of release date it's weird um but i i've been liking it so far it is one of the harder uh, fire emblem games um and it's got it's got some quirks to it that old fire emblem games do um i i got really started getting into the fire emblem series with awakening so i'm kind of one of those casual trash players that that doesn't like losing units and uh, this game this game doesn't care about that so no, uh doesn't. so i've been playing it with uh with some guidance whenever i need it but uh it's been it's been a lot of fun i i love fire emblem i think it is my favorite series of games and uh and this one is is pretty cool i i've always liked roy in smash brothers and and now i'm actually getting to experience his story and also finding out that in the game roy's kind of a bitch (laughs) like when it comes to like he's he's a noble and he's fine and all that but uh his stats aren't very good his growths aren't very good he's the hell roy he's just not very strong and it really sucks and also uh, he can't promote into a better unit until way later in the game. So he starts bad. He can only get so much better. And then he's stuck like that for most of the game. But he's got yeah, a good, a he's got a good group of people around him. So there's, there's some fun there stuff you go. there. Uh, and I picked up Yakuza zero today. Oh, very cool. I put sale. that, I put that in my system finally uh, so i've got it ready to play uh i just need to actually pick up the controller and start doing that i've always meant to to play yakuza and that, that game seems pretty good and i kind of like the idea of playing them chronologically from zero to i'm pretty sure they're on six, six. yeah yeah six just came out last year i believe so that'll yeah. be fun very cool video games are good video games are good chase i agree all right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, this has been Gamers on the Go. If you'd like to listen to more episodes, you can go to gamersonthego.com and find everything that we've done. Uh, we are also on SoundCloud. You can search for Gamers on the Go there and, and find our episodes there if you prefer listening to us on SoundCloud. Um, we are also on Twitter if you want to interact with us. At GOTG Podcast. You can uh, suggest games to play or tell us that we're wrong about Super Mario 3D Land or tell me that i should stop playing pokemon rom hacks because i i just need to uh (laughs) i need to play other things like why am i playing old translated versions of games when i can play the new versions like pokemon sword and shield and fire emblem three houses that are both supposedly coming out this year but no i'm playing game boy advance versions (laughs) that are bootlegged in in some form or fashion it's good times Anyway, yeah, go to Twitter at GOTG Podcast and, and tell me how stupid I'm being. Johnny, I want to thank Yo. you very much for coming on. Uh, for I, I hope to have you on again soon. Obviously, we're both going to quote unquote finish that Minish Cap game uh, and then do Eventually. that episode. Oh, we'll absolutely do it. Probably. Um, but we have lots of other games that we'd like to get to on the horizon. Actually, you know what? If you if you get through Vega Minus, let's let's do a gamers on the go about that. That'll be a, okay. a fun one. So uh, so that'll be good because I've already finished that game, so I don't have to play anything and be the bottleneck. Um, but yeah, that that'll be a good time. So 
Thank you for coming on, and thank you all for listening. We will be back with another episode soon. Let's say soon. Soon. Eventually. See you then. <laughs> See you then.